Good morning, folks. Doug Godfrey here up in northeastern Pennsylvania with another edition of Married with Grandchildren. Um, hope you're all enjoying what appears to be a nice day up here in the northeast. Uh, just thought I'd give you a couple of uh, a few notes, actually. Uh, today, we'll uh, instead of starting out with the Knicks, we'll start out with a little bit of baseball. Uh, just checking through the scrolls and saw that... Uh, Felix Hernandez, or King Felix as he's regarded, um, looks to be shopping for a new team. He had uh, He's had an atrocious spring. He's pitching to a 7.94 and a 1.4-something whip. Um, I think uh, we've clearly seen the best of King Felix. A great pitcher on some pretty average teams along the way, uh, but now he has clearly backed his way into the Hall of Very Good. Um, at one time, I thought he would be a certain Hall of Famer. He was second in the Cy Young voting once, won a Cy Young, um, and top eight uh, three other times, uh, second again in uh, 2014. Uh, a dynamic talent, uh, probably would have won more games early on, never won 20. Um, his career ERA is 3.42. All in the American League, which is solid. Uh, pitched 200 innings a bunch of times. I just don't see him at 169 and 136 uh, getting into the Hall of Fame. Uh, that's my view on uh, on Felix Hernandez. Uh, might be a nice add for somebody's back at a rotation spot starter. I don't know. Not sure he's got anything left looking at his recent uh, stat line. All right. Met fans, now there's already a little drama surrounding uh, our friend Mr. Lindor and the owner Mr. Cohen. I think the Mets made a very fair offer at 10 years at $325 million. As I spoke with my friend, the baseball savant uh, and resident um, talent evaluator, Mr. Mike Klein, I thought that 10 years at $300 million might be a stretch of an overpay, but is a deal that you should get done. At $325 million, um, I, I know there's people that would pay that. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think that's a fair offer. Looking for um, that extra money uh, for 12 years that Lindor is reportedly looking for, I think is a bit of a reach. I know everybody's back end of these lucrative contracts doesn't look too good, um, but Lindor would be a 39-year-old shortstop at that point, and unless he's DHing in the American League, I don't see uh, too many futures for those type of players. If you look at the the average age of shortstops in the in the league, they're actually trending way younger and more dynamic than older and experienced. Uh, uh, with all those intangibles that some of you guys love. Uh, one of the guys who I thought might have some of those intangibles is also without a job for the first time in a long time. We got a lot out of his actual uh, uh, baseball reference uh, stat sheet, really, when you look at it. I mean, Todd Frazier was a nice ball player. Um, he's, a, he's an ex, I mean, everybody knows and has heard multiple times, he's an excellent clubhouse guy. A guy, but Frazier finds himself without a team for the first year in many. Um, I hope he lands with somebody. Um, 
you know, if there is such a thing as intangibles, uh, as I've alluded to in, in a previous podcast, I think Frazier is really good with young players um, and uh, is apparently an extremely popular uh, clubhouse teammate. Uh, on to hoops. Uh, you guys, if you stayed up late enough, saw the games last night. Baylor just too much for Arkansas. Arkansas had a great year this year. Uh, clearly on the rebound, Eric Musselman did a great job. Um, Baylor, this might be their year. I mean, they're they're very talented. Uh, if they shoot the ball well, um, I could see them playing Gonzaga right to the wire and winning a close game. I don't see Gonzaga getting dominated but in by like for example losing by double digits to anybody. I think they're too experienced, too good, uh, too fundamentally sound. On the other hand, Houston, God bless Kelvin Sampson because he's about as crooked as the day is long. If you go back and look at his career, I actually spotted an article today about uh, the baggage that comes with Kelvin Sampson. But I'm wondering, and I'm sure it's happened before, but I'm wondering if any team has gotten to the Final Four by beating four double-digit seeded teams. They beat a 15, a 10 in Rutgers that they probably should have lost. They beat an 11 in Syracuse handily. And last night handled probably uh, by tournament standards an overachieving uh, Oregon State team. So um, I think Houston's had a pretty, pretty soft run through the tournament, but you can only beat who you play. Uh, they do struggle to score. I mean... Uh, for a team that looks like they could go up and down, they they play games in the 60s, and they hold teams in the low 60s to 50s. So maybe defense isn't lost in college basketball or the pros at this point. Um, jumping to the pros, uh, for my friend Ed Wolf, uh, I would like to say that the Knicks uh, lost by double digits last night. Maybe Thibodeau ought to ratchet back on the three-pointers, huh? Last night, they shot 36 more three-pointers and shot 27.8% of them uh, made from the field. I just think for a team that, that shoots that many threes, you can't be shooting in the 20s, any number in the 20s, and make that work. Um, it leads to tons of long rebounds and runouts. Um it's uh, it, it's a philosophy that can work if your team is built with a bunch of three-point shooters and good spacing, but their best player is a low-post player, really, who likes to take threes himself in Julius Randle, who's, uh, who's turned out to be a, a great addition, actually. Our friend R.J. Barrett is on another one of his shooting tears, going 4 for 12 last night, and now 27 for his last 74. So, Wolfman, before you get too carried away on the R.J. Barrett train, let's wait till we see what plays out at the end of the year here and see if uh, Uncle Dougie's right on this one. Anyway, I hope you all have a great day. Baseball right around the corner for you folks. And um, we got NCAA again tonight. So, enjoy.